This is firefighter Raphael Poirier for Firehouse Subs. Introducing new Firehouse Pairs. Pair your favorite small sub with a signature side, like the awesome five-cheese mac and cheese. And remember, a portion of every purchase at Firehouse Subs goes towards helping first responders. Firehouse Subs. Enjoy more subs. Save more lives. Participating locations only, Firehouse Subs will donate a minimum of $1 million in 2019 to the Firehouse Subs Public Safety Foundation by donating 0.11% of every purchase. All right, we're here in the studio with Kanan Lane. Kanan, what's up, man? What's up, guys? And I'm not trying to have like an immigrant freak out with my mom and my girlfriend there. Okay, if you could play one NBA player in a game of one-on-one -on -one with the intention of winning, and I know everybody in the NBA is a player, everybody's sick. Kyle like, Lowry. They're, oh my God, yes. shut up. So my line was, shut up, homo, come under the pier and like motorboat my titties or something. Get the fuck to the mall and get yourself a new microwave. Honestly. Like, you know Saskatchewan's the Rough Riders? Yes. Ottawa was also the Rough Riders. Oh, man. So, like, when they're playing each other, like... Who first... sleeps with their cousins more, right? <laughs>Up guys, welcome to a brand new episode of the Shooter Shoot podcast. We don't have Kanan Lang or anybody else for the first segment today, so we're going to jump right into the interview with Mark Antonio, aka Mark the Barber, and Martin Pena. Their social media info is also in the link below. Check them out. Great interview coming up. So without further ado, here's a beat. Remember to follow us on social media, subscribe, leave a rating below. Let's go. What's up, guys? Welcome back to the Shooter Shoot Pod. We're here in the studio with Martin Pena of Good Hair Winnipeg and Mark Antonio of Far From Ordinary. Guys, how's it going? Pretty, Pretty good. good. Chilling. So I was, oh, fuck. I've been waiting for this for a while, honestly. I really want to have you guys on. And I feel like I say that every episode, but this is just all so exciting. Yeah, we kind of like push this back. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, there was a trip and then we were both busy. Yeah. But like at the end of the day, we're here and that's all that matters. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So do you guys want to kind of get the ball rolling? I don't know who wants to start, but talk about how you guys got to the point of being barbers and where you are today. And please, spare no detail. This is your guys' platform. We want to hear you speak. Um, so for me, starting cutting hair, it was just like I went to St. Paul's. I think a lot of people know that. It's like a, like a rich white school, if yeah. I'm being honest. Oh yeah, and they're yeah, kind of like they're not not necessarily like they they kind of just pushed on everyone that like if you weren't like a doctor or a lawyer or an engineer like you weren't shit. And me like I always love like art and drawing and like being creative. Yeah. And I I was enrolled in in university and everything, but it just came to a point where I needed to make a choice where I wanted to do something that I know I love versus something that I know makes me money. So. I just decided, like, fuck it, like, let's just... How did you channel that, though, from the creative side into haircutting? Because, you know, some people paint, some people write. How did how did you figure that out? So, it's actually... It's kind of a funny story. Um, so, one of my good friends, Jonas, uh, how, how we met was one night, this chick came me up, it was like one in the morning, she's like, yo, do you want to chill? And I was like, well, fuck yeah. And she she comes picks me up and he was in the car so I was mad confused at this point right? like, <laughs> like, I, as I'm sure we could all like we could all agree but uh, I used to cut my own hair because I went to Tommy Guns like a few years back and they they butchered me yo they, so I started cutting my own hair and um, Jonas was like it's kind of awkward you know me and him we were just like what's going on what's who, who's who's getting this right now like yeah kind of thing 
And uh, he was like, yo, who cut, who cut your hair? And I was like, I did. And he was like, yo, shit, that's a, that's a nice, that's a nice cut. And he was a barber, but I, I didn't know that at the time, right? Like, and then after graduate, after I graduated, he hit me up, like, just randomly. He was like, yo, I really think you should try cutting hair. I think you'd be good at it. Yeah. And that got me to thinking. And that, I think, pushed me to actually wanting to cut hair. It's crazy, though, when I look at your journey specifically, because I know, you know, we went to St. Paul's together and we went on that New York trip, yeah, which was fucking hilarious. <laughs> Yo, do you remember the channel? Yeah, I remember that it was giving porn at 3 a.m. Yeah. <laughs> four guys, four guys in a room watching porn. Every room, <laughs> every room was watching it. And then everybody, the joke was that the principal and the art teacher were watching it, too. It was, oh, oh, bro, they definitely were. We all, we all know, man. It, it was, was a, they were the lucky ones, though, because they, the, they had beds to themselves. Bro, Everybody else had to share a bed. De- Deadass, bro. I swear, bro. They put the tape on the door so that they could all go to the strip clubs while we were just chilling at the apartment. But do you remember what, what was next to our hotel? Bro, the strip club. Yeah, the male strip club. Oh. It was the gay strip club. Do you not remember our, t- our tour guides telling us that they saw a bachelorette party happening at bro, night and they had like a cake. penis-shaped Yo, cake yeah. and they were all wasted. <laughs> I swear, I, sw- I swear, I swear you could pick up more tr- chicks at a girl, like at a gay strip club than any other club, bro, I swear. I can't test that, but what I, I don't want to test that. Actually, I've, I've, I've heard a bartender say that's one of his best jobs. He's a straight man. Yeah. And his best job was being a bartender at a gay club. Is, is he gay, here? Or? Yeah, he, he's from here. He was telling us that uh, the best thing about being a straight man at a gay club is the guys are going to hit on you and tip you nice. Then the girls are going to hit on you because you're the only straight guy in the club. And then you get to go home with them. Cause you're the only straight guy in the club. Yo, bro. <laughs> yo, 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 Mar- so Martin the Barber, it's... catch me at fame soon. <laughs> Martin yeah, the man. Barber. Would it be a bad choice of uh, a night job? Yeah, nice. Yeah. I heard one of my friends in high school told me that to get a girl's attention at a club, and I thought this kind of sounded stupid. I'm not sure how I stand on it now. You got to wear white shoes or like white dress shoes or something. Because nobody wears white dress shoes. Oh, you got to be bold, basically. Yeah. yeah. So like do something that sets you aside. And yeah. I guess being a straight guy at Fame or Hunk Mania, which yeah. is what that was called in New York. <laughs> yeah, how do you remember Because I have a photographic memory for stupid <laughs> shit that nobody should remember. <laughs> Back to me now. Yeah. Like yeah oh man. Dude, when I went to sleep that night when we were watching the porn, because somebody called me on the hotel phone. So I picked it up and he's like, yo, man, you gotta go to channel 18. <laughs> I'm like, yo, there's nothing happening. It's just a bunch of people. It was like yeah. these guys eating dinner with this girl. And then I'm like, oh shit, they're fucking now. Oh, <laughs> yo, no, and that that was like that was some that was some good shit, man. Like, I'm not gonna lie, that was some what? that was some good porn. No, it was sick. not. What do you Is mean? it like super old porn? No, it was just like the girl was like four. 10 and the dude was like Ooh. looked like Giannis if he was white wait wait it's so like yikes he's just really tall yeah it was uncomfortable bro, that's and fine were... bro that's every basketball player and every white girl's dream bro to but have like I don't a watch that. dude with like a 4 or 5 chick bro it's like okay Anyway, what I was gonna say about this I don't know how we got into the details of the porn but what I was gonna say about this was when I went to sleep uh, that night like the two other guys in the other bed were watching they were chilling and I was just kind of sitting there like super awkward because I wasn't sure how I felt about watching porn with two of the guys there. Yeah. And then the fourth guy was like, guys, turn it off. Like I'm trying to go to sleep. Yeah. And the other two guys were like, hey, man, we're watching porn in New York City on our last night on an art trip. Yeah. This is what we're going to do. And he's yeah. like, okay, fine. I'll sleep in the tub. So I'm like, fuck yeah. I got the bed to myself. Yeah. This guy's homie, homie sleeping in the tub. So, <laughs> so I wake up and this dude's face is an inch away from mine. <laughs> 
I got up so fast. I'm like, what the fuck are you doing? He's like, yo, man. So I went to sleep in the tub. And I woke up at like 3 a.m. And I couldn't feel the lower half of my oh, life, shit. my body. <laughs> Numbed out. I was like, yo, yeah. what do you expect, man? You're sleeping in a goddamn bathtub. True. Yeah. So, and then he's like, yeah, so I just came back and slept in the bed. Luckily, you were on one side. So, I just kind of snuck in there. Mm-hmm. What, how did, uh, how did you where, where, Quickly, before we go on to Mark, where I was getting with that, before we got way off topic, was it's amazing for me to see you from high school as somebody who did great in art class and was artistic to, you know, getting my hair cut at your house two years ago to now seeing how you are. It's, it's really impressive. No, nice, bro. Mark, yeah. now that we've gone over that, let's, let's hear your side. All right, my story is a little bit longer. It's, That's okay. Uh, I'm kind of, a, kind of a vet in this game. OG. Uh, whoop, whoop. But it all started um, with this jersey, man. The Raps, Toronto. Um, it's a great jersey. Yeah, it is an amazing jersey. Thank the uh, big ups to forgot what the store called, but somewhere in Toulouse, France, I got this jersey. Anyways, he's wearing a retro Vince Carter Dinos jersey. Yeah, it's, with it's, a nice wrap, big Raptor on it. Yeah, the, the white, white one too. The white pinstripe, baby VC. Um, so, anyways, uh, back in 02, 2002, uh, I went to go visit my cousins in Toronto. I go every summer. Yeah, and it's basically my summer home, and I went to go visit my cousins, and. One day I went in there, or when I was out there, uh, they looked at my hair and like, yo, bro, what's going on in your hair? You got like some <laughs> mop shit happening in your hair. And I'm like, sorry, man, like this is this is the lookout in Winnipeg. And he's like, well, do you want a fade? And I was like, the fuck's a fade? And they're like, trust me, I'll give you a fade. <laughs> so then uh, my cousin, he's not a he's not a barber. He's kind of like an OG cousin. He's kind of the older cousin everyone looks up to. He's an artist, actually. He uh, illustrated for a comic book called Bean Pie. Okay. Uh He's still doing some uh, some illustrations for that back in Toronto. But anyways, uh, so he's an artist, but he figured out how to use clippers. He basically uh, you uses skills in art to cut hair. Mm-hmm. He basically taught me that, you know, it's just uh, the sight of contrast, like when you're shading. Mm-hmm. Same thing. So anyways, this guy gives me a fade from right down to the skin, like baby bottom, all the way up to a number, I think it was like a number two. And I pet myself to sleep that night. Because I couldn't believe that feeling. And when I saw it in the mirror, I was like, how did you do this? How did you go from no hair to hair? Like, it made no sense to me. So anyways, I put myself to sleep. And then I came back to Winnipeg. Uh, during that year of 2002, I was trying to find another person to give me this fade. So I'd go to, like, hair salons, ask them, oh, can you give me a fade down the skin? They couldn't do it. And, um, and I got annoyed. So then I went back in 03 that summer. And I told my cousin, look... You got to teach me how to do this fade because ain't nobody in Winnipeg know how to do it. So then uh, he's like, yeah, for sure. I'll show you because I actually cut my own hair. My cousin cut his own hair. So then mm-hmm. he showed me how to do it on himself. When I came back, started doing it to myself, like cutting myself up. And I started fading up my cousins, started fading up my friends and uh, the rest of my family. And uh, it just went on from there. And it was crazy because like I never thought this was going to be a thing. I thought this was going to be like uh, changing oil in a car, you know, just a hobby to have, like okay. something to have. Didn't yeah. think anything of it. Didn't think it was going to be something I'd ever do, like, as a career. And so I went on, you know, going through high school, you know, just... Where'd you go to high school? I went to Daniel Mac, DMCI. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, West End, baby, what's up? Um, and, um, yeah, so just cutting up my friends and family, you know, here and there, just doing it just for fun. And uh, after high school, didn't know what I wanted to do, to be honest, working odd jobs, working at the airport, working at Toys R Us, working at McDonald's, working... At a mechanic shop. What'd you, you know? do at the airport? 
At the airport, I was a baggage guy oh, okay, from okay. WestJet, BTS. Yo, did yeah. you meet Kanye West? I did meet Kanye West Yo, at the please, airport. Please, please tell, tell us how you yeah, met Kanye, Kanye West. We'll cut this story. We'll the, go to Kanye. Yeah, really quickly. The <laughs> last two guests have met Kanye West. So. Oh, really? Yeah, nice. the, the guy that we released last So week. this is crazy. Back in, uh, I think it's 06 or 08, uh, Kanye came here for the Glow in the Dark tour. I was working at the airport at the time, uh, working for ATS. And uh, it was four in the morning. I was getting coffee for uh, getting coffee at Tim Hortons at the old airport and just chilling there. It was just me, the old Filipino ladies, like the titas, we call them, the aunties. And mm -hmm. uh, we're just chilling there and they're getting my coffee ready. And this man pulls up beside me and he's asking for an extra cup for his coffee. It's hot. So then I look up and side profile, this man looked like Kanye West. And... Uh, I started putting two and two together. Uh, he just had a glow in the dark two, uh, glow in the dark tour. So I'm like, this could be Kanye West. So I look at the man and I look and I say, Kanye? And he looks at me and he goes, what's good? What's up? And I was like, holy shit, Kanye West. And I started tripping, you know, I'm starstruck at this point. But then I, in my mind, I'm like, keep it cool. Create a conversation, like say something nice. Don't be dumb. So then I was like, oh, yo, how was the concert? And he's like, hold up, hold up. He was getting an extra cup for his coffee. So he got an extra cup for his coffee. And he turned back and he looked at me. He's like, oh, it was good. It was good. And then uh, then he realized why would I ask if, if I was there. So he realized I wasn't there. So then he's like, uh, oh, uh, how come you weren't there? And then in my mind, I'm like, think, Mark, what were you doing last night? What were you doing? And I just blurted out. I was like, oh, I had a basketball game. <laughs> Kanye West stared at me. Like, you know when Kanye West goes from smiling to serious? I witnessed that right in Yo. my face. I was tripping. I was Yo. like, oh shit, I pissed him off. But I didn't know why. And he just turned around and walked away. Yo, the ball man, is life. Ball oh, is facts, life. Facts. Ball is life. But I'm a broke-ass kid. I was young and I had a dead-end job. Like, they were only paying me just over minimum wage. So I couldn't afford the tickets. Plus, it was sold out. Because first yeah. time Kanye West coming to Winnipeg. But anyways, this man's walking back to check-in. And I knew it was Kanye West. This man had the fit at 4 a.m. in the morning. This man had a brown, dark leather, Dolce & Cabana leather jacket. He was wearing long white tee. He was wearing tight, white, skinny denims that people weren't wearing at that time. And he was wearing very rare Jordan 3 mochas. There's only, I think, believe, a thousand of those made. And Damn. he was rocking them. And at 4 in the morning. And that's when I knew, holy shit, this guy's Kanye West. And as he's walking back to check-in, the airport's empty. But when he was walking back to check-in, I was standing there with my coffee. A horde of people, like probably like 10, 15 people, started running up to him, flashing pictures. I'm so annoyed that I didn't have my cell phone at the time. I left it in my locker on the other side. So anyways, I go back to the other side of the airport. And I'm trying to figure out, did this really happen? It's 4 in the morning. I don't know if that was real or not. I could be losing it. As I'm walking back to my... Uh, the crew room, the lunchroom, my coworkers are coming out of the lunchroom and they're screaming out, Kanye's on the plane! Kanye's on the plane! Let's go! And that's when I was like, holy shit, that really did happen. I sit down in the lunchroom and I think about it and trying to like reflect back what the fuck that just happened. Why'd he walk away from me like that? And I just realized, holy shit, uh, Kanye West probably thought 
I was disrespecting him that I'd rather go to a basketball <laughs> game than to his concert. But no, really, I was just broke as I didn't have the money to afford it. In a couple of years, when you meet him again, yeah. when you're famous enough, you'd be like, hey, man, I'm sorry I didn't go to your concert. Yeah, that'd be great. And honestly, and then he came back 10 years later and uh, I went to his concert and I was like, holy shit, this is crazy to think that I didn't think he would ever come back. Like, stupid ass Asian, you know, went to a basketball <laughs> game instead of going to my concert and going back to Winnipeg. Fuck that place. Yo. You know what I'm saying? So I mean, could back. you imagine that being the reason for cutting up? That's what I was saying. <laughs> I think the moral of the story is always have your phone on you when you work. Yes. You never know but, when you might but, need it. No, and the other big story, like moral of that story was you really got to think about what you say to celebrities because sometimes, you know, you don't know how they're going to take it and that could be your one chance to actually, you know, have a good time with it. But it's crazy. You were think. so caught off guard. Yeah. That's not. You like, know what's so yeah. sick though? But now I could use Chance's bar. I met Kanye West. I'm never going to fail. True. That's pretty sick. True. So like... I love when uh, that uh, chance track comes on and I, I really yell that out. It's really <laughs> Yo, the amount of times we've had this conversation at the barbershop, oh, bro, was jokes, you don't even know. With the car in the US? Yeah. yeah. Oh, it's crazy. That's, so, that's funny as fuck. Yeah. But anyways, so but what yeah, we talking about? We were talking about how you went to high school and then oh, you yeah. went to dead-end jobs and then you went to the airport. Yeah. So dead-end jobs and then um, uh, my, my ex-girlfriend at the time pushed me to work at the hospital. Same with my mom, same with my family. They're like, oh, work at the hospital. You know, being Filipino... Uh, part of the culture is, you know, you got to work at the hospital. You know okay. what I'm saying? Like, you know, no parent's going to be proud unless you work at the hospital. Okay. Kind of like what Martin was Stere- talking stereo- about. Yeah. Stereotype. So, um, anyway, so I'm like, all right. So uh, my ex uh, pulled up this uh, program called the Rehab Assistant uh, Program, Rehabilitation Assistant. And uh, it was going towards uh, a position that I kind of thought could be my career being a physiotherapist. So it was just a one-year program. And, like, it's like... You're an assistant to the physiotherapist. Okay. So I kind of could get like a backstory of what a physiotherapist cool. does instead of going four years in and then realizing, shit, I don't want to do this. And you didn't have to go to school for this? You could have oh, just... I did. Oh, I took a, a program year. at uh, MITT. Oh, okay. It was Winnipeg Technical College at the time. And it was a 10-month program. So I did it. So Okay. I, I so did. easy and quick. Yeah. Easy okay. and quick. Worked at the hospital, uh, Riverview Health Center uh, for two years. Reason why I wanted to work at that specific place was um, my grandfather had a four bypass surgery on his heart, mm-hmm. and uh, Riverview helped him uh, get back on his feet and take him back home, so he didn't have to, you know, stay at the hospital for the rest of his life. Yeah. So, uh, with that being said, you know, uh, he passed away a year after getting out of. Uh, Riverview Health Center, and that's when I went and took the rehab assistant course yeah. and decided to give back to this hospital to help my grandfather get out and back on his feet and work for them. Because when I was there, I could see the environment, I could feel the environment, and it was a good place for people to, you know, get back on their feet. And, yeah, Riverview's great. Yeah, and like what I learned about humans, learned about the human mind, the human body was was amazing and what someone could do from an epic injury and recover from that. That just showed me how powerful, you know, the human mind can really be and that's crazy like the things i learned about um you know getting someone back on their feet so that was that was really amazing working there and what i've learned there is now i transition it to what i do as a barber so it's, it's how did simple. you make that transition from uh being the what was the title like? rehab assistant rehab assistant i was gonna say health care that's yeah not what you no were. being the rehab assistant to being a barber were you just like i don't want to do this anymore or was there something uh, so it, i just feel like honestly like this barbering thing just kind of basically like was calling out to me like i mean a lot of people looked at it as you know it's a place where i can make money it's it's a popular thing right now it's it's a thing right. where i could be my own boss it's a thing where i could be an artist but really 
this thing was just something that I kept doing, whether I was doing rehab assistant, whether I was working another job, whether I wasn't working, I was still cutting while I was in school as a rehab assistant on the weekends, whether I was working at a job at a gym, I used to be a, um, a supervisor, not a supervisor, but a, a guy that would watch the yeah. uh, the gyms at Tyndall Park. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like when they had games on and stuff? Yeah, like the open gyms. Like yeah, yeah. I would be the guy there, like watching all the kids working for the city. And I was still cutting on the weekends after I was working that gym. Where were you cutting at the time? Uh, just at home. Anywhere. Oh, just, okay. At home, at people's houses, uh, anywhere really, in the garage of anyone's place, like anywhere really. And uh, it was crazy, like looking back at it now, like it was always there, which is pretty crazy because it was like, bro, like just cut hair. Fuck, like yeah. stop doing all this shit, <laughs> yeah. just, just fucking cut hair. Yeah. It's so, wild though because like how, how like, when I said I want to see this, so different from, from yeah. how you, from like people were, like, yeah. Because so many people thought I was like gay and shit, and they're like, no, yo, <laughs> they were, bro. I'm not even kidding. They were like, I had one of my closest friends be like, you're only gonna make twenty grand a year, and I was like, yo, I'm fine with that. Yeah. Let me just do me. It's crazy too, because like in my culture, if you cut hair, uh, you're basically gay, and a lot of my friends, yeah. my dad's friends, would be like. Question me like whisper like hey bro are you are you gay I won't tell yo, your dad yo straight up <laughs> are man. you gay and I'm like no what's up <laughs> no, hell no I love pussy too much yo facts <laughs> yo facts no. that's funny that you bring just like ASAP said pussy yeah. makes this world go round son <laughs> like you don't even know that's that's a big truth out there it's funny that you said that though because like when Martin said people thought he was gay at first I'm like no and then when you yeah. talk about like the cultural thing I'm like oh yo that's totally a yeah. thing I've totally yeah, heard yeah, like yeah. my family like regardless of the side yeah. rumors about people in the village or people people they knew yeah. who did something that wasn't you Normal. know working on the farm yeah. or yeah. working in construction or working on the mill yeah. and they're like is this dude Yo, gay but yeah. but the way i see it is like this everybody gets caught up in like that system you know they, they have that nine to five yeah but i think the reason people love barbers like me and mark is because we're, we're that like we're those guys who are brave enough to like not seek the safety but to just do what we want yeah. exactly and they 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 fuck with that so yeah. like it's cool it's cool that like i was brave enough to do what I wanted yeah. to do at the end of the Can day. I, is it cool if I share like a little bit of a touching story? Because I kind of want, I want people to know this story. Of I course, like man. It's a, an amazing of story course. for people to hear. Um, you know, being uh, Filipino in Winnipeg, uh, we're kind of like a new immigrant. Uh, well, not new immigrant, but we kind of came in like in the 70s. My grandfather was one of the first electricians okay. to come here in Winnipeg. Um, and his story is the reason why, okay, I'm going to be honest. I used to sell drugs. Okay. I used to sell drugs too. Uh, at the same time, I was working these dead end jobs. And the um, reason why I stopped selling drugs is because I had this savior. My savior, uh, to me, what a real life saint is like, is my grandfather. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, again, I have, you know, unfortunate circumstances growing up in the West End, having a father who is an alcoholic, uh, crystal meth addict. Yeah. And, um, you know, really? He, yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah, fuck, fuck, bro. I told you that. It's all good. But, uh, you know, having an environment like that, you know, puts you in a in a borderline. It puts you whether you pursue selling drugs like everybody else so that you can, you know, make quick money and get out. Or you do something great in your life. And mm-hmm. that's the thing that my grandfather taught me was to do something great. You know, the mm-hmm. man grew up in World War II uh, where Japan came and tried to invade the Philippines. Yeah. Uh, at nine years old, this man uh, was uh, captured and tortured by the Japanese. Yeah. Um, you know, can you imagine yourself walking in your neighborhood and you're hearing bombs going off, you know, kids getting shot, people screaming, people dying. That's the environment he had to grow up. He had a childhood. He didn't even have a childhood, to be honest. Yeah. Like, um, anyway, so back in grade eight, 
uh, I had a um, autobiography assignment. Mm-hmm. And the assignment was to do an autobiography on someone you look up to. And who I looked up to was my grandfather. I thought he was the strongest man in the world. And um, what was crazy is that he told me a story that nobody else knew but my grandmother. Um, he shared the story about his childhood that he never wanted to bring up again. It actually took me uh, like probably like a month and a half to get the entire story out of him because he would always just get up and leave. He couldn't finish wow. telling the story. I had to go every weekend and, and ask him about it and kind of like push him to tell me the story. And his gra- my grandma would have to push him to tell me the story. Yeah. So growing up, me and my cousins would ask him, oh, grandpa, why do you got uh, two belly buttons? And he said, oh, you know, I was just born that way. But the true story when he told me uh, for my assignment was that, you know, when he was in this hut where the Japanese uh, captured and tortured people, they had them uh, tied up and they stabbed him in the stomach. So he got stabbed in the stomach, and the thing was, uh, his mom told him to pretend that you're dead. So they would toss you in this pile of dead bodies. Imagine yourself nine years old, pretending to be dead, with a bunch of dead bodies around. Holy shit. Plus watching your two older sisters get tortured and killed. Plus, after you escape the hut, after, you know, they thought they were dead, they left the hut, and he just jumped out and ran out of the hut watching your father get stabbed multiple times and then tossed into the river. So when he escaped, they got to catch his dad at the end of the river, which the Americans helped him at the end of the river. They, they ran to the Americans and they helped him out. Yeah. But he he also witnessed his father die slowly from the infections of the wounds. Yeah. So at this point, this man has witnessed hell. You know what I'm saying? And Literally. for a man to witness hell, you know, you got two options. You got an option to... To just be, you know, go crazy and fuck the world and, you know, just say everything is, you know, fucked up and like no nothing great's going to come out of this. Yeah. Or, you know, you just be hopeful and faithful that, you know, something great's going to come. That's, yeah. that's one of the regrets I have with my grandfather is that I never got to ask them what motivated him, what inspired yeah. him to, you know, go the other path. Because I've heard stories of guys who go through this sort of thing, like, you know, war trauma or whatever, and they go crazy. They go into a psych ward. They go, you know, they lose their shit. Yeah. And he didn't. He kept pushing. He became an electrician. He worked in overseas in Dubai, um, Abu Dhabi, Vietnam, Iraq, Iran to uh, make money for his family. Actually, his family in their town on their street, they were the first to have a car, a telephone and a TV on their block. Yes. I think think though, like, I think you know what kind of motivated him. Sorry to interject. Yeah. some people, when they see how shitty the conditions can be, yeah. and that's a huge understatement as to what happened. Yeah. You know, it really shows their character. Yeah. What do they really want yeah. at the end of it? Mm-hmm. And what motivated him was, you know, his positive outlook. And Yeah. I think the thing that really motivated him was to, I think it was honestly family. Uh, that's one thing my grandfather taught me growing up uh, was family was really important to him. And I think he just wanted a better life. For his family and yeah. to bring his, he brought his entire family to North America, all of his children. He has six kids and he brought them all here. Uh, majority of them are here except for one. My aunt lives in New York City, so she's out there. And, uh, but yeah, you know, he made that dream come true for himself. And it shows that, you know, every gathering, that's all he wanted was everyone to be together. And like during the Christmas times, during holidays, that we always, uh, you know, have a potluck and get together and, you know, get yeah. to catch up on things. That's the one thing he taught me was family was really important. And it's crazy. Like, unfortunately, there's some guys that I grew up with that didn't have this. They didn't have this saint, yeah. this savior. 
And uh, I'm very, very fortunate that I had him because, to be honest, I'd probably be either in jail uh, or in a gang or probably shot dead because yeah. I probably would have just continued on that path of, yeah. you know, selling drugs. And because of him, you know, um, I'm here and, you know, he saved me from my father. He he saw that, you know, I could possibly become like my father yeah. and he didn't want that to happen. So he always had me by his side since I was nine years old. I'd work with him uh, doing side jobs, you know, uh, doing house plugs and house wiring. Uh, he would do it for the Filipino community, you know, guys who didn't know anyone else. So he, you know, gave back to the Filip- Filipino community by, you know, uh, doing little side jobs for them on the weekends. So I did that with him growing up. I thought I was going to be an electrician, but to be honest, I kind of wanted to be my own, you know. Yeah. I could have been an electrician. I really was good at it. I took it. I took an electronics course in grade 10 and became the best student in that class. And actually, for his birthday, I gave him the certificate for the best really? student. Yeah, That's sweet. I just wanted to show him that, you know, I did this for you. But to be honest, I want to find my own. I want to find what I can do for, yeah. for myself. And still didn't know what I wanted to do. And then, you know, cutting hair came along. Uh, you know, I just got better and better at it just by practice. And, uh, you know, it just got from there. And this was a crazy time. So as, as amazing as a person, as a, my grandfather is to me and how, how important he is to me, he's honestly the most important person in my life. Um, there was one day I used to cut his hair every week. He just had a shaved head. Yeah. And uh, he asked me, hey, Mark, uh, can you come over? I need you to cut my hair. I'm like, yeah, that's cool. And then I realized... Um, I had a basketball game here. Ken Tamal was like, yo, what, what is it with you and, and basketball <laughs> missing, games, bro? Missing yeah. the Ye concert? Yeah, bro, like ball is life for me. Ball is my, <laughs> honestly, ball is my first true love, to be honest. But anyways, let's get back to the story. Um, my grandfather asked me to cut his hair. And I used to think that, um, you know, cutting hair before I played ball, my hands would be tired for the game. So I decided, oh, grandpa, is it cool if I, you know, cut you tomorrow, but I'll come visit. But uh, I'll just cut you tomorrow. He's like, yeah, that's cool. So I go and visit him. We chill, you know, with my grandfather. There's not much words that are spoken. We kind of, I felt we had this like kind of just a, uh, a connection, yeah, you know, you we just, just we just have to chill together, watch sports. He loved watching sports. That's why I love ball because he loved watching ball. And, you know, he always put me program in uh, ball programs when I was a kid. And, uh, you know, he, he made sure that I stayed out of trouble. And um, uh, that day he asked me to cut his hair. Uh, we I went to visit him, and then I went to my basketball game. Unfortunately, I didn't get that last chance to cut his hair. Fortunately, he died the next day. Damn. So that's that's another life lesson I had was to be unselfish. You know, because of my selfish actions, I didn't get to take that last opportunity to cut his hair mm-hmm. because I was thinking about myself and my game. I didn't think about, you know, how important this haircut could have been to him, that I could have cut his hair one last time. And that, and that honestly, honestly transitions to cutting everyone I cut now is every time I cut hair, I think about him. Yeah. I think about that this could be my last haircut with him. And that's why people ask me, oh, why do you make your cuts so fresh? Why, do you, why are you so focused? Why, why do you make it so clean? And it's because of him that I make it so clean. Wow. It's because of him that I don't do drugs or, you know, sell drugs. It's because of him that I'm here. It's because of him that, you know, I'm doing okay with myself, you know, from all the shitty things that I've been through in my life. It's because of him that, yeah. you know, yeah. things are okay. I think, I think, like, for me, like, I think the coolest thing about, like, life is because, like, you are going to meet so many shitty people, like, oh, yeah. people who you get close to, you consider family even, and, and they, they'll they fuck you over, but, like, I think the cool thing about life is finding those few and rare people who just are just, like, yeah. down the fuck with you, and, and yeah. you're down the fuck with them, and it's just, like... And they just get it. Yeah, oh, they yeah. get it, and, like, I think, I think that, like, 
Like, I think that's the coolest thing about yeah. being able to cut hair. And, like, let, just like you said, like, every person who sits in my chair, specifically, I think it's an honor that they actually sit in my chair. Because, like, at the end of the day, I, would, I wouldn't I would be shit if someone didn't sit in my chair, you know what I mean? Perfect. So, it's like, it's like, it's more than just a haircut. Oh, obviously, no. obviously, Way you can tell more. just by, like... Yeah, exactly. You guys it's pouring, like, like I mean, you pouring I've been cutting for a this. minute, like, since, like, 03. But I never got serious until, until six <laughs> years ago. When, when I was at my rehab job, the thing was, here's some truth about this goddamn bullshit. Uh, so working at the hospital, you don't give a fuck. You don't give a fuck about people. They give a fuck about putting people in beds. Sorry if I'm offending anyone, but it's what I observed and what I saw working at the hospital. And yeah. I had worked with people. I hate them. I'm going to say hate because it's a strong word and I have a strong feeling about them i hate when people came up to me and told me you know what whatever i'm getting paid today bro you just killed someone today for you to work at the hospital and say whatever i'm just getting paid today yeah i thought a hospital to me going in was a place for people to help people yeah for people to get out of there but yeah. to some it's just a paying job and i think that sucks because man like I don't want to be in this hospital forever. I've witnessed people that had to live in the hospital and it but sucks. That, that's, that's exactly like what I meant when I said like some people just had that nine to five and they're, yeah, it's exactly. like, it's like it, if, if that is your life, like yeah. what kind of why? example did that set for a guy like you, Mark working there, seeing these people in the higher positions, it's, treat it like just a transaction. It sucks because to me, when my grandfather taught me was to help. And that's why I worked at the hospital. Cause I felt like it could help people mm-hmm. with the knowledge I learned and the, the education I had, you know, I was able to help people, you know, inspire people, motive. like, bro, I had to work with people that were at their lowest, you know, people who thought that this is it. I got a stroke. This is it. I got into a motor vehicle accident. I can't feel my shit. But honestly, this is what showed me how powerful the human mind can be mm-hmm. that you can, with will, with love, with, you know, great surroundings, you can get yourself back on your feet, no matter what. The situation is, and maybe you won't get back to exactly how you were, but you'll still be able to live life, but find another way to do it. Exactly. You know what I'm saying? Dreams are never like, dreams are never canceled. They're transferred, right? Exactly. And to be honest, like it was crazy because, you know, with this inspiring people to, to get back on their feet from their lowest, it helped me with barbering. You know, sometimes I get people in my chair and they're in a position where shit, man, I, I'm in a hole. I'm I'm in a position where yeah. I hate my life, and it's great because I've already witnessed this. You know, working yeah. at the hospital, I've witnessed people who couldn't walk or talk coming Literally, to the hospital, yeah. and I helped them after a six month program. They're walking out of the hospital and cracking jokes, and it blew my mind. I was like, <laughs> "What the fuck? That the human mind is powerful as shit." That was yeah. crazy. I really witnessed some amazing shit at the hospital yeah. and that and like again with the story of my grandfather the hell he's been through the hell that that these people go through in the hospital it, it made me realize that it, everything's gonna be all right man like my life I, I could walk i could talk i'm healthy you know i got great people around me mm-hmm. you know things are going okay and like what more can i really ask for yeah. to be honest you know growing up where i grew up the environment i had you know things could be worse but it's not and, yeah exactly and I'm fine with it. I mean, whatever comes my way will come my way. But in the end, like, I think, you know, as much as I can use the Chance the Rapper line, you know, met Kanye West, you know, because of my grandfather, made me. Sh- it showed me that things are going to be okay. Yeah, you're Mark Antonio. You're never going to fail. Yeah, exactly. Hey. You know, like, I think one of, one of the things I want to say when you said, you know, you talk to people and they're low, 
I think the barbershop is a very underrated form of therapy. Facts. You get to talk to people, you know, you get to chop it up. Facts. Your barber, you guys get close. Because you, you can't let a guy hold a blade to your skull without liking Trust. him or trusting yeah, him. Trust. Not yeah. to mention the <laughs> neck, bro. Yeah. yeah, exactly. And, like, what I want to say, tying this all in, I'm really, like, thank you for sharing that story. I'm really yeah. glad you did. And I'm really glad that you guys shared. Uh, and you talked about, you know, some people, even though they're your family, will fuck you over. They don't treat you like yeah. shit. Is the world... What's I found, I read this the other day, I think it's really powerful. What's more important isn't necessarily what the world really is, it's what you make of it. Oh, fact, So yeah. if you look out and you're like, yo man, the world's fucked up and I hate politicians <laughs> and I hate what's going on, I hate people who are selfish, and you channel that into hating everybody, yeah. life's not going to be good. Yeah. No, true. See, like... Me, like me, I can, I can attest to that. Like I would literally just blame everything like on this, that, this issue, that issue, that person, you know? Yeah. Like I, I would never like, but then, I, but then I realized, but wait a second, like I'm, I'm doing what like the haters or, or, or the people who, who hate on me for doing like my craft are doing. I'm just, I'm making all these excuses and I'm trying to run away from my problem. And, yeah. But then like recently, like with, with my new team and, 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 you know, at like all my like actual friends like yeah. giving me advice and stuff i realized it's like yeah the, the world is fucked up and, and everything but like this is our playground like this we can do yeah. whatever but like whatever you want, it's, it's up to us and like it took me so long and and i had to go through so much just to like figure out that simple yeah. thing yeah it's like it's 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 not it's not so much doing like what you want to do it's it's just doing like like what everything you can do because there's so much there's so much more than just cutting hair that you yeah. do you know what I mean like it, it's just one outlet yeah. to express yourself yeah yeah. and that's the thing like I live by uh, I grew up listening to Nas appreciate Ooh. you Nas oh yeah J. Cole um, you know Nas has the track you know the world is yours and that honestly got to me growing up like you really could do anything in your life really whether you want to do good things whether you want to do bad things you could do whatever you want in your life, and it's how you really frame your life. Like J. Cole says, you know, this is my canvas, it's my painting, and, you know, uh, you could really paint whatever you want to do in your life. You really can do that. That's that's actually an actual fact. Yeah. And it's just how you want it to happen. Isn't yeah. it exciting to see that form in front of you? Like, oh, when you were smart. first in your barber days, or even now when you look at it, and you're looking at how good this feels, and yeah. then you're looking to the future, don't you just get that, you know, like, giddy oh, feeling, man. get excited? I mean... You guys are kind of still in that, you know, bracket where, you know, you're still getting there. Yeah. I kind of went through it already and now I'm reflecting. Yeah. And what's crazy is like, you know, I never really got heavy into social media and like I don't really share this story too much. And I think I should start sharing this story. And that's why I appreciate you, Bueno, for having me here. Because yeah, of course. Like, I feel like a lot of people don't know, you know, stories of you know struggles and i mean i'm not saying my struggle is bad but everyone has some sort of struggle and yeah. like i just wanted to share that that you know all it takes is one person all it takes yeah. is one person to help you see you know getting cheesy religious right now but see the light you know what i'm saying like you know we are all in some sort of darkness yeah and it 
it just takes you know a person or some sort of motive to get you to that light. Exactly, and that's not to say that your struggles make you noble or to romanticize the bad things you go through, but it's to say, hey, other people out there are dealing with a lot yeah. of stuff too. You know, exactly. there are people that you can reach out to. There are people you can talk to. Like I don't think I've said this on air yet, so I'll say it right yeah. now. Fuck yeah. it, why not? Like I spent three or four days in a psychiatric ward yeah. in 2015. You know, I had two plans to kill myself. Yeah, back three years ago. And it's yeah. crazy to look back on that. You know, in two months that'll yeah. be the four year anniversary. Yeah. of and I vividly remember everything that happened. You know, I remember getting to Children's Hospital, being yeah. checked in, being disappointed because just as the Thunder were about to play the Heat, they yeah. moved you down to the psych ward, yeah. and they didn't have the channel. Yeah. <laughs> they didn't have the channel yeah. at I the ward. So I was. It was. It was good. You know, Durant yeah. was still on the Thunder. Yeah. I think, and I think, it was the Heat. Like, sorry to cut you off. No, it's all good. One of the things that, like, this is that, like, I'm, I'm a pretty new barber, right? Like, I've only been cutting hair for about two years now. Yeah. And like, I think the thing with barbering that stood out to me is like. Like everybody, especially guys, come from like these dark, like they have these dark past, like these, there's, so, there's something like, there's that struggle in their life. Mm-hmm. The way society is set is like guys aren't allowed to talk about like the way they feel and, and stuff. And like what, when they do, they're looked at as less of like what they are. So, so they just bottle that up, up, right? Yeah. And the thing that like I love about the barbershop is it's like, it's like that place that they can just get away from all that and just yeah. talk to someone about it. Because I, I have seen like, People I've never met, they could be way older than me, way younger, come in with their head down, like shoulders drooped, and and never met them in their life. And I know I, I talk to them, they talk to me, we still we start, you know, and then they start opening up and, and then when when done the cut, you know, they 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 walk out head held high. Yeah. Right? And and it's just like this like the music so much music and stuff nowadays is just saying like, yo, like like Fuck feelings like I want to be cold. Like every, every new rap song, I swear I every new rap song so here nowadays is like I gotta be cold. Uh, like yeah. I like you know, but it's like humans were meant to feel, and it's just like exactly. it's like it took me so long. Like tr- like trust me, like I, I've done so much stuff to to, to avoid my feelings and like yeah. to avoid you know to escape that. But I realized like why should I? Doesn't that feel yeah. unfulfilling though? Yeah. Oh, trust me, bro. Trust me. Bro. <laughs> I, I I the only for the first I can honestly say this for the first time. In the in the last year and a half, I finally feel like I'm doing something hey. worth doing. There we go. That's there good to hear. That, that's, that's all. Nice. That's all there is. There's something beautiful in that realization, or that you know that process of getting to a place where you can be proud of yourself and be happy with what you're doing, right? Oh, yeah. yeah. But like, it, it's like that J Cole song, like "Love Yours." Like, yeah. Oh, you you that have song you have powerful. You have to love yours, but like, it, it is a lifelong. Read struggle. those lyrics. God damn. Yo, that song saved lyrics. my life. Yo, those are straight some up. words. Hey, oh. I forgot. I just thought about it, but uh, remember you asked how I transitioned oh, rehab yeah. assistant to barbering. So, <laughs> like thirty minutes ago, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah anyway, the uh, world is yours. Yeah. So what happened was, you know, they stopped giving me shifts because they ended up giving a position that I was applying for, which I was working already for a year in it, to a guy that was a son of someone who's been working oh, there for years. Fuck! I hate that. And bro, shit. this is what. Okay, here's some truth. So working at a hospital, whether what position you're in, you can transition your seniority to another position. So here's an ex- so here's an example. What happened to me? Okay. This man was in school while I was applying for this job, but because his dad worked there, he got the the one up. So this man got to transition his three year uh, uh, seniority from a housekeeper. You don't need to go to school. To be a housekeeper. But he was able to transition his three-year seniority into the position I had 
to get the job, the position over me. I hate Paul. And I was already working there for an entire year, working in that in that. Uh, I was working in long-term ventilation unit where you had to understand how these machines work to help people breathe. These people can't breathe on their own. So they're basically... So he has no idea what the fuck he's yeah, doing. Basically they're, yeah, basically... Yeah. They're basically residents. Yeah. The people I was working on, uh, with were residents of the hospital. They're not patients. Yeah. They live there. Yeah. And I had to... You know, I was there, you know, helping them, you know... Uh, have a better life, I would say. Not to have a better life, but more uh, entertaining life. I'd yeah. crack jokes. I'd be there, you know, just goofing around everyone because mm-hmm. they live yeah. there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're in these walls and they don't get to go outside because the the government took funds out of them so they couldn't go on trips anymore. So me and the physiotherapist and the occupational therapist decided to create this Olympic day. So for every month, we would take the... the we had an empty room, like a hall. Yeah. At the hospital, and we would create obstacle courses for these people that were in wheelchairs, That's that were you know couldn't walk or anything. So we created obstacle courses for them, and we give them rewards after that. We we created this like event every month that they were excited to go see, and they took me away from that because of politics. They took me away from that because. This guy's dad worked there. And that's what I was talking about the hospital. That I was there to help people. But they didn't give a fuck. I'm sorry for my language. They didn't care. And you're still helping people in a different way. It's not... And that's fucked up. And that's That's what I love about what I learned as a rehab assistant. Mm -hmm. That, you know, what you said about therapy. You know, I I studied the Mm -hmm. mind. I studied human behavior. I studied sociology. And it helped me... It's not what you know doesn't matter. Your education is who you know. Yeah, big time. And it, but it's not. It's not just who you know. It's like it's like you have to surround yourself with people who actually push and inspire you to be more than yeah, what they you gotta want elevate to be for yourself. You. Exactly. Yeah. And it's like it's like a lot of like my like I lost a lot of friends like when I started cutting hair because I decided it was worth more to hang out with people who pushed me rather than people who just you know wanted to get high with me yeah or you can't have yes man exactly yes man. exactly yes and man. it's, it's yeah. just yes like man. yeah i don't know yes it's just man. like <laughs> yeah but you know what i mean you can't just have people that are validating you because they want oh well he might be big later or well yeah. i'm too afraid to actually make friends on my own that doesn't yeah. matter fuck yeah. that no see that's, that's the thing too it. like a lot of people don't realize that man your life is your life you know what you want to do with it you know uh it's going to, in the end, it's going to come down to you. Yeah. So yeah. whether you want to please people, whether you want to be the cool guy, or whether you're just doing it uh, for yourself, it's not being selfish. It's giving your future self a better life. Yeah. You know what I mean? To me, I just go by, as long as I'm not hurting someone, you know, I'm going to do what I'm going to yeah. do. As long as I'm helping people, I'm going to do what I'm going to do. I, I, I would, all, I always used to think that like, if I, if I like just focused on me, like that was selfish, but then j cole said in a song is like there's no point on trying to fix the problem if you don't fix yourself first because you're gonna get caught in that constant cycle of like you know like it's just it's just gonna happen again and it's like uh, a bunch of drama and stuff happened recently i'm not gonna get into that but basically like i realized like i relied so much on on like other things and other people and never myself and like it it just kind of opened my eyes i'm like if i don't do this for me first how could i ever say that i did it for anyone else yeah, yeah. 
And really quickly before I touch on that, I just wanted to say, Mark, I'm so glad that you're a barber now, especially with your hospital background, because I think when people come out of med school or when people are getting into med school, they should do like an emotional test and not some shit that you write down on a piece of paper that you can study for a real life emotional test. You're dealing with people's lives. You're dealing with people's chances to live. You can't just show up and be like, fuck this. Like, I can't believe I'm in this job. You have to want to be there. And just like Martin was saying, with the environment, you know, if you have that negative link in that yeah. environment, it's going to transition yeah. to yeah. that person. That's yeah. what I was saying. When people say, I'm just here to get paid, I'm saying you're going to kill someone today because your attitude transitions to that patient. Yeah. They're going to feel that vibe. Yeah. They're going to feel that attitude. And guess what? They're not going to be motivated exactly. to get out of there. I think you're a much better person than me for not hitting that person in the face. Like as soon as they yeah. said, I got paid... I would have got fired. Yeah. Oh, man. It's, it was tough. And I hated it. Like, I remember talking about it with all of my other uh, co-workers. And they're like, you know, you just got to let those people be in. No, fuck. But that's the thing. See, like. Uh, I'm sorry. I jumped up. Oh, there. no. It's all good. Like, honestly, I wanted to punch that person in the face. Uh, but uh, <laughs> I, I couldn't, obviously. I didn't want to lose my job. But, I mean, people are going to do what people do. And you can't control. This is actually great advice that I got from my father. Uh, you can't control what people do. But you can't control what you do. Yeah. And I mean, like, I can't go up to that person and give him a whole life story and tell him how I feel about him saying that or whatever. But I, what I can do is, you know, uh, do what I can yeah. to, you know, yeah. tell that person or do what I can do to show an example. Yeah. Yeah. Do what of, your grandpa did. Exactly. See the shitty things that have happened and decide not to be like exactly. that. Exactly. And just keep pushing forward to it. I mean, there's always going to be those kind of people. That's hands down given there's always yeah. going to be those shitty people out there yeah and you can't fight those people but you can make your life better and surpass those people yeah and i think that ties yeah. in beautifully with what martin was saying you know you have to work on yourself a wise man once told me that you can you can never change somebody you yeah. can point and they can look and not do anything about it or they don't have to look yeah, yeah. like once you point your job's done yeah, yeah. the rest like, is on them like yeah. action action speaks like so much louder than words ever could like it's just like yeah. but so many people just get caught up in in, in that like i don't know it's like me 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 like for yeah. me poor me let's like let's go drink let's go get like you know yeah they never they always like get rid of of, of what what's bothering them never actually do that like yeah. I, i'm i am king of doing that like i can yeah. honestly say that but i mean it's we're like, all victims in it man. yeah like, at some everybody yeah. to a degree but it's just like it's like it's like now, now that I can just like see and just like do me mm-hmm. and focus on me. It's like the more I focus on me, the more I can focus on the people that like I get to like that I get to surround myself yeah. with. Not yeah. that they get to surround themselves with me. I get to like that's that's like an honor for me, not yeah. them. Let me ask you this, because you said, you know, there are a lot of people out there who focus on themselves and, you know, there's narcissists out there and there are people who are bigots and egocentric. Do you, I, somebody told me this the other day, they're like, man, social media has ruined everything, how things are done nowadays. And I disagree. I think social media is just a magnifying glass. Mm -hmm. Who's going to use that platform for what? Mm -hmm. Are people going to, you know, if you got a brand to promote and you got a business, okay, yeah, go for it. it. But if you're a narcissist and you want to portray that image, social media is just going to put the magnifying glass over you and the people will come out. at yeah. the end of the day, it doesn't matter if you have a hundred thousand followers or a thousand followers. If you're a selfish motherfucker, you're a selfish motherfucker. Exactly. That's how it is. Yeah, like um, Bill Murray had a little, um, I think he tweeted or something about social media, how uh, it has created, like, there's good and bad. Everything that's created, either people... Begins good. Yeah, begins good. It's like, exactly. at its essence. And yeah. then someone 
Some idiot that wants <laughs> money. The Adam and Eve complex. Some, some idiot. Somebody's going to ruin yeah, it. Some greedy ass motherfucker is going to turn that evil. That's no. hands on what happens. Man. Always. Always. Because that's always. Bill Murray says, you know, social media is nice, connects people. And then he also was saying that it, it's crazy because it creates people uh, like anxiety in people because people start yeah. comparing I think- and not focusing on their own life yeah but instead they're comparing their life i mean i'm a victim to it too sometimes yeah, I look on, yeah i look on social media like shit how come i'm not doing that how come i'm not getting those yeah. things but in but, end, i don't realize all the the goodness i already have yeah. and that's what i'm saying like uh j cole he had an interview too saying that he in his younger days his perspective of success was different than his perspective of success now yeah he thought that success was getting his mom a house uh you know Everyone's saying that you're the best out there, J. Cole. But he didn't realize that he was chasing success when he had success. Yeah. What what he realized to. afterwards that his success was not all of those materialistic things. His success was the love of his mom, yeah. the love of his friends, the love of his neighborhood. He realized that he already had it and he didn't know it. And he was chasing something else that really wasn't going to fill in that void of happiness yeah. when he already had happiness with all that he already had mm-hmm. and a lot of people you know get blinded by that mm-hmm. you know trying to chase you know what they all see in social media and don't realize mm-hmm. all the greatness they already have yeah. which is yeah. pretty crazy that's that's especially with like something like instagram like that's one thing i see a lot like i, I have nowhere near the experience at, of mark but like i'm sure like I, i'm sure you you see where i'm coming from with this mm-hmm. is like there's so many like young people or people who just hit me up on instagram you know because that that's all they say they see me for my face value on instagram like just yeah. haircuts and shit like that you know? <laughs> that's time. not like my instagram doesn't that's not me that's my business there's yeah. there's two separate things yeah but like they, they see the glam of of the haircutting right yeah and they hit me up and they're like yo like school school's iffy right now like i'm i don't really like it like you know yeah. they, and they say shit like that like i don't really like it like you know it's yeah. hard and and they want to you know give these bitchy ass excuses and shit like that, and they're like, and I love the way you cut hair, and I really want to do it, and I I I, I sh- can't stress enough, like people, you see you see the face value of cutting hair, but you don't see like the twelve hours that I put in the day before just to get that one shot, and the countless hours before that, it's like it's like if you want something, you're gonna put your all into it and you're yeah. gonna work your ass off for it yeah. and 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 if you're if you're saying something like just because it's hard at the time like you need to like you just need to you know buckle yeah. down and go through it man because like that's the only way you can learn and improve Thanks. and yeah. that that's just one that's one thing with instagram that i don't like about instagram is everyone just sees like the like glam of it but yeah. they don't see the actual work that was put like work work yeah you know, and it's just like that. That's one thing that like I want people, like people, just like realize like you need to like yeah, of course, just do that. That's just that's me. Yeah. Uh, I think we got a little. Uh, we got a little sidetrack about your story about when. Oh, you my story. There. Oh, yeah, yeah. No, uh, Psych Ward, uh, Heat, Thunder Game, uh, <laughs> and that I I don't know why the fuck I remember that so vividly, <laughs> but like yeah. So I I remember it. So I. Holy shit, where do I start from? Uh, so I got checked in. It took me like 13 hours to get checked in. I remember yeah. that. Um, and then I woke up the next morning and the kid next to me woke up before me. So he got to call the shots on the TV. 
So we watched Richie Rich and the Goonies, which are two yeah, Goonies. horrific movies, by the way. I cannot yeah, stop. Wait, 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 hold up. I what, love the Goonies. Was it, was it the, the classic? Was it the classic Richie Rich or like the new one? It was classic. Okay, yeah. bro, how are you wait, with, uh, right now? with so uh, Macaulay Culkin? Right? Yeah, with Macaulay Culkin. Oh, <laughs> those are good movies. What? Yo, those are classic. Movies. Maybe it's because he was close, so I couldn't hear shit. Yeah. yeah, I was I was cranky because I slept goodies? for twelve hours. Oh, <laughs> uh, I, I oh, didn't man. see the value, and I'm like, what's the point of all this? Like, it's a, it's a feel good okay. movie. I know. I'll explain a little bit about the Goonies. So the Goonies is basically, you know, a group of kids that, you know, are just living, basically, you know, giving you, uh, get, bringing you back in that time yeah. when you were a kid when nothing else mattered. Fair enough. But your your friends mattered. Your adventures mattered. Yeah, yeah. And where it would take you, no one would ever believe it. But it took you there. And you created these relationships. You created this, mm-hmm. these adventures with, with your group of friends. And I think that's all the Goonies was about. Is about how... Do you remember when you were a kid? Maybe I just had shitty friends. <laughs> I wouldn't say you had shitty friends. But I mean, like, that's how I looked at the Goonies. Was that, you know, these kids would just have... Like, wouldn't you want to go back in that time where nothing else mattered? But no. getting on your bike and, like... Finding something to do. I definitely would not. I actually have this conversation with a bunch of people. I I don't like people who are like, man, remember when we were kids? Like, yeah, being a kid was nice, but like, I want responsibility. Yeah. I want a podcast. Yeah. I want to grow up. Yeah. I want to take on the world. You know, I want to get married someday. I want to do this and that. Like, I don't want to be, I don't want to be a kid and just have like that naivety complex. I got a good one for you. It's fun and all. Okay, let's hear it. Let's hear it. So, I hate when people say, I shouldn't say hate. I dislike when people say, uh, I want to grow up because growing up doesn't exist. Yeah. I'm going to tell you something about growing up. Uh, a coworker told me that people don't grow up. They just learn how to act in public. Yeah. And I'll give you a reason why I believe in this. When you were a kid, what were you doing? Playing with toys. When you get older, <laughs> what, what do you, you have? Doing? A toys. lot of bigger toys. <laughs> when you were a kid, what were you playing? Playing house. What do you got now? A house. You got a house. <laughs> So honestly, the only thing that's different between when you were a kid and when you're older, now you got bills to pay. That's really True. all it. But anyways, no one ever grows up because everyone goes from what they were doing as a kid and brings it to when they're older. And now everything I was doing as a kid, now I'm doing it in a bigger yeah. frame. Some people just don't mature. Some people yeah. are just assholes. Mature. Mature is a better I feel like people who, who are like, yeah, you got to grow up are like, are nah. like those dreamers who like, no, being who never did what they wanted to do. And then they hate the people who like exactly. want to do that and still yeah. dream. Like, like I, I read this book, Unstoppable Confidence. And it yeah. talks about how like those people who say grow up, don't act like a child. Like, yeah. what does that mean? Exactly. Like, don't dream. Don't play. Don't be optimistic. Nobody's ever. Hope, nobody's like, ever no. born shitty bitter and angry exactly. you see a child like have you ever seen uh knocked up yes where uh <laughs> paul rudd and seth rogan are fucking sitting there and paul rudd goes man my kid fucking loves bubbles yeah. i wish i liked anything as much as my kid loves bubbles <laughs> i don't understand what kids love about bubbles so much you just pop them and that's it he's like and this way he talk he's like i can't remember what he says to get to this point but seth rogan asks him he's like Hey, do you think kids are happy? He's like, fuck, I don't know. Is anybody happy? Am yeah. I happy? He's like, I'm the last guy to be asking. <laughs> okay, I want to tell this story though. When you said nobody really grows up, and maybe yeah. I interpreted this wrong at first. Yeah. At <laughs> first glance, but so t- the other day in class, we're I'm in this speech class where we're learning how to use our voices better, and we're learning uh, how totally. to tell stories, how to read out loud, how to read with emphasis, yeah. how to deliver monologues. It's a really fucking amazing class. Yeah. I, I need that. Yeah, it's great. I don't know. Shannon, if you ever hear this, you rock. 
That's my prof. So the other day in class, we were doing this thing where we're supposed to tell a story with only seven words. Yeah. So I'll give you an example. Mine was, and let, tell me if you understand what this story is. It's a famous movie. It was Orphan, Iceberg, Float, Float, Float. Titanic. No, 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 one second. We're not done yet. And then it was City, Father, Naughty List. Whoa. I th- I, at first, I thought it was Oliver Twist. Yeah. Orphan. Orphan, Iceberg, Float, 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 City, Father, Naughty List. Damn. Yeah. It's a famous movie? Yeah. Like, famous about Christmas, Christmas obviously. movie. Fuck. Oh, uh... Bro, I'm, I'm she's... Annie! No. Annie's not, not a Christmas not movie. movie! I'm sorry, she, she watched watch Annie on Christmas? <laughs> she was adopted, and then she... No, I know, no. I'm trying to think of Orphans. But naughty list. Okay, who hangs list. out with Santa? Uh, the elf. Oh, elf! Elf! Oh, elf. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good movie. I it took a while movie. for people to yeah, get it. But yeah, so it's good. So this I forgot one. he was an orphan. Exactly. Yeah. So this, this one... Well, he wasn't an orphan. He was just like sent. No, he was an orphan because Sam, he crawled into Santa's bag. Uh, at the orphan home. A lot of people don't I totally get it. forgot about that. A lot of people that. don't get it because the orphan. Like if I say elf right away, they'll yeah, get it. So I want to wait till the end to see true, who get my, my prof got it. So yeah. this one guy, and I'm mentioning this because I haven't grown up. Like if you make a sexual joke or if you say something that sounds like advanced sexually, but you didn't mean it, I'll laugh. Yeah. So th- <laughs> we're, this, one, this one guy's story. <laughs> this one, tell me what you think this sounds like. <laughs> he went click 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 stare 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 spit and I fucking lost it in the middle of class I started dying laughing oh and, and when he was saying click click So when when he's going through a story, I lean over to a classmate. I'm like, "Yo, this dude's watching porn." Yeah. When he said "click click," I'm like, "Yo, he's yo, watching. Like, he's gonna yeah. beat his." Gotta find the right one. And so I go, "Yo, he's oh, watching." It takes porn. a minute to find a good. Yeah. So I go, "This guy's watching porn," and then he goes, "Click again." I'm like, "What the fuck?" He goes, "Stare." I'm like, in my head, I'm, he's definitely watching porn. And then he goes, "Spit," and I fucking lost. Uh, my, I lost. Who my spits, bro? You got. You need some lotion. In I don't. Bit, I, like, that's what? that's why it was so funny because yeah. that's so greasy yeah. and ghetto. <laughs> Bro, that's like something you do on your phone in the bathroom stall. Doing man. <laughs> and I was the only one who started laughing. Like a couple yeah. other people got it. And then afterwards, he was trying to portray like a fucking what are those called? A duel, like a stare down gun duel. Uh, and I'm like, yo, that's the worst intro for that I've ever what, heard. Wouldn't it be two like click click? Yeah, but you he clicking? did like six clicks. So I think he's searching for yeah, the video. Yeah, that was, that was that was no. like, if you're I, clicking and he's portraying that as the gun bro where's your bullets at you're missing a lot of bullets <laughs> yeah load like, yeah. click like I, I was just like yo man click click stare stare oh, spit well, is first, not how you start first of all, you, you <laughs> have your gun loaded <laughs> yeah you, 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 you don't load it as you're staring at the man you're ready you're ready the duel's about to happen Oh, oh not that guy fucked up. Because, <laughs> like, when you pull a hammer back, you only do it once, so there should have yeah, only been one click in the first yeah. place, man. How many guys are involved in this fight? He, honestly, that man has never been in a duel. That's that's the whole <laughs> lesson of that story. This guy's never been I in a duel. I told him before. later, I'm like, afterwards, I'm like, yo, that sounded like you're looking for porn and yeah, you're getting facts. ready to jerk off. Yeah. And he's like, 
Yo, you're right. <laughs> that's a that's that was. Everyone in my class good. got mad at me. Like, why are you laughing? I'm like, yeah. do you not yeah. see this? Yeah. No. But then again, it was your own perspective, right? Uh, oh, because okay, this is actually why I thought because the person before I helped her out on a project. Yeah. And so I this was hers. It was, oh, what the fuck was it? It was like eighteen, opinionated, register, first time. X X X. And the last word is voted. So like, so you're, so what I was helping her with, I was like, yo, you got to lead people down this rabbit hole that you're searching for porn <laughs> and then realize, no, you just voted. Okay, wait, can I guess what it was? Wait, no, I don't want to guess. Something. It was, it was voting. Oh, okay. you know, voted was at the end. So like, oh, you've successfully voted. Well, you know, I mean, like you're you 18, vote, you registered, X the boxes. You, you can vote for those videos. And so she years, went though, right it. before him. So I'm already like laughing at hers because of the porn theme. Yeah. And then he says, click, 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 yeah. stare, 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 spit. <laughs> And I lost my shit. That's Wait, crazy. who spits in a duo though? Like, no, like, you know. On the ground. Like, you know, like, yeah, yeah, like, like trying to be intimidating. John Wayne <laughs> yeah. on the floor. Like those yeah. old movies, you know. Yeah, but they usually do that at the start. No, like, because plus they're also like usually chewing tobacco. That's why. Yeah, 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 yeah. They're like yeah. those old ass movies. Yeah. Oh, oh I, I would have gone off if I was in that room. I did go off. And everybody's like, dude, you're disgusting. I'm like, like okay, so be it. I don't care. Whatever. Like, that's not the point. But, oh, my God, that's hilarious. That's jokes. That's good. That's a good exercise. I like that one. That's good. Yeah, it was, and once we did... Because uh, it also shows uh, the perspective of people's minds, <laughs> trying to figure it out. Not only does it show, like, the perspective of the person creating the seven seven words, yeah. but also the people taking it in, exactly. like, what they're thinking about. Exactly. <laughs> like, mine, when I told, when I did in front of the class, only, like, two or three people laughed. Now I explained it, like, oh, shit, like, yeah. I see it now. Yeah. But, yeah, no, we did, I can't remember what we did last week. Oh, yeah, we we're supposed to tell a word only with making noises with our mouths. Yeah. Like, we couldn't Ooh. say words. Yeah. And everybody had to have Ooh. their eyes closed, and we were doing, like, a group project. Yeah. And my group did, like, you know, somebody giving birth. So, like... You know, <laughs> grabbing the keys to the car, opening the car door, get to the hospital, wait, baby wait, pops so, out. So you, you can't, you can't talk. No, we wait, were like, no actions. Have to, no, no actions. Like every single there with their eyes closed and we just got, so we we're like, <laughs> like for the baby and shit. So we had to get really creative. It's, That's pretty sick. Yeah, it was really, it was really fucking cool. Yeah, like with that being said, like, um, wait, what class is this? Or it's like, I can't remember the title. Speech? It's called, it's like speech in yeah. language or something. That actually would really be helpful going to another country yeah you don't speak a language yeah right i just came from europe and all of that would help me so much i mean again it would i kind of i'm used to it a little bit uh you know um with a lot of, i went to high school a lot of different immigrants yeah so like um yeah that actually like gesture had gestures and showing them things was really easy and a cell phone helps out a lot too. yeah but like that would have been so have like certain times or whatever like to to like be able to express yourself without words like that's pretty yeah crazy. how was how was europe i know you that's where you got your carter jersey yeah uh europe was amazing uh went there to to visit my girlfriend's fam did she has Wait, family what? in france i didn't know that yeah lit. yeah i went to france for 17 days and then my sister got married uh in italy cool yeah um in this place called uh villa fabroni oh, and it was epic man like the the whole trip went so quick but we're going back at it like I learned a lot, you know, I felt a lot and I shared a lot and it really was an amazing, I love, that's what I love about going to different places and putting myself in, un, uh, a lot of people would avoid 
uncomfortable, uncomfortable situations. situations. That's where you grow. So but I, I would, would love you say, would you putting say, myself like, bro, okay, I'll give you what I had to uh, experience. So okay. meeting my girlfriend's family for the first time, there were four people who couldn't speak and a guy in a wheelchair that picked us up like from they the couldn't train. speak at yeah, all they they do sign they can't oh, speak oh okay okay yeah so like we had this entourage of people picking us up that you know we weren't sure if they were gonna understand us mm-hmm. first of all I don't speak French my girlfriend speaks uh, Canadian French which is like speaking English here in Canada to speaking English in the UK yeah that's what different, the different dialects yeah, yeah, yeah. like actually my uh, my dad's grandma she yeah. doesn't understand my mom my mom's portuguese my dad's yeah. brazilian they yeah. speak the same language uh, but she my grandma my great grandma does not understand my mom yeah when she speaks portuguese yeah for sure yeah, yeah. yeah continue though, so that was that was an experience because i had to communicate with them without speaking yeah so that was really tough a lot of it was writing on paper uh but it was really nice to see uh to be around people who couldn't speak and how they communicated is really crazy because I could still understand them even though they couldn't talk, which mm-hmm. was really good. That's why I love what you guys were doing with like not speaking. Like I could actually relate because I had to experience it <laughs> yeah. right then and there without any sort of educational background. Yeah. And I love that it's university class. Yeah. I love the program. It was there. crazy. But yeah, that was amazing. My sister's wedding was amazing. It was epic. Uh, you know, got to be out there in this villa with just friends and family and, Got to share a little uh, speech about how I felt about relationships, which was really nice. I mean, we all did speeches, but a lot of everyone else's speeches was about either my sister or my new brother-in-law, you know, just telling yeah. stories. But I kind of just wanted to generalize this That's whole cool. uh, experience of, you know, marriage, of relationships, whether it's with a significant other or with a friend or with a, a, yeah. an animal. Yeah, loving some, somebody purely. Exactly. So, Because yeah. to me, I felt pure love. And it was with my grandparents. And, you know, with that being said, you know, losing them was probably the greatest fear I ever had. And with that being said, with what Martin was saying about, you know, the world is yours and like doing something for yourself. And the thing that stops everyone, even myself, I'm a victim to it, is fear. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, when when you want to do something, fear is always going to get in the way. And fear is really nothing. It's the creation of your mind. It's, yeah, it's it's evolution. It's, you it's know all, the amygdala yeah, and all that it's shit. It's all your doubts. It's all your doubts just telling you you can't do this, you can't do that. We all have it in us. And, you know, losing my grandparents gave me, you know, this different perspective about life that when the greatest fear of my life already happened, everything else now is kind of just like I allow it. I yeah. kinda, I'm not afraid of things to happen, whether it's good or bad, because I just know, you know, I've already experienced that, yeah. that fear and I'm going to be, like I said, it's going to be okay. Yeah. One of my biggest pet peeves is when people are talking about love and they say something like, one of my ex-girlfriends asked me this. She yeah. said, do you think love can be evil? And I said, no. She's yeah. like, well, she's kind of drunk. Yeah. She's like, what if it is? I'm like, it's not. No. Like, acting loving is the difficult part. Yeah. Choosing to not be selfish. Okay, choosing yeah. to not be negative. Yeah. Choosing to not be, you know, consumed with what I'm doing or what I want. Yeah. Yeah. Acting loving is, you know, pure. It's, yeah. I think, I think it's so caring. many people, like, have like such a fucked up view on like what love is like Facts. for me like i think i think like actual love like is like a parent like a parent loves this person so much like yeah. they love them more and they want more for that person than their yeah. child or whatever wants for themselves that's yeah. love yeah right but like like they, they see all these movies and shit with like like you know it's, it's like all lovey touch infatuation like, yeah. infatuation yeah. like pe- people 
You know, like that physical side. Like, yeah. That, like fucking and shit like that. Like, Physicality is important. That's what they think love is. It, it yeah. is important. I'm not saying yeah. it's not, but it's like... They take it It's like far. they yeah. they, take, they, take, they take that and, and then they take away from that. They, what they take away from that is like the emotional and like the actual like... Like loving someone is probably the hardest thing you can ever do. Yeah. Man, because it's, it's mental, like, it's emotional, it's psychological, because, physical. Yeah, because you have to some somewhere in your in your mind decide that that person is worth the amount of pain that they're going to give you. Yeah. yeah. And too many people are, are too, just too caught up in like, oh, like the honeymoon phase. Like everyone just wants the honeymoon phase. They don't want the actual work that's involved. But yeah. The work is the good stuff, man. Yeah. Bro, the work, like the honeymoon phase is the icing. It's, coo- it's cool, but like it's the like getting to is, know that person. The work is like, the good stuff. Lit, you know? Fuck, I love that so much. You want me to share you the, the speech I had? Because I haven't Yo, really. bro, I'll be yeah, How long is it? Uh, it's not a long. It's like two minutes. Yeah, while you look it up, I'll, uh, while you look it up. Hey, do you watch BoJack Horseman? I uh, watched a few episodes, yeah. There's an episode in the latest season where it's the episode is literally him giving a eulogy at his mom's funeral. Yeah. And it's cool because his mom was actually terrible to him. Yeah. So it's interesting to see the episode done. And, like, there's no other subplot. It's just him standing there yeah. and him expressing, like, the pain and the acceptance and the understanding of his family. Yeah. It's really well done. Okay, let's, let's hear this. From okay. the fucking heart. Uh, so, um, we got to the villa the night before my sister's wedding. So the only people there were my immediate family, the my new brother-in-law's immediate family, and our close friends, the entourage. Mm-hmm. And that, was, that was actually when I called you. Yeah. Yeah, when, was, like when I was going through all that shit. Yeah. Like, yeah okay, and then, uh, so that night, you know, I got to witness, you know, the relationships of everyone, the relationships with their significant others. Yeah. And uh, I got to kind of have uh, like a little idea of what I was going to say the next day. And the, the big thing that made it really great was one of my sister's uh, friends got into a little argument, like the, the couples got into an yeah, argument. Yeah. And uh, it made me realize relationships that it's not all pretty. Like you said, yeah. it's not always honeymoon phase. You know what I mean? So I went for a run that morning, the, the next day in the morning. Um, I got to, you know, kind of collect myself and think about things. And uh, and then I after my run, I came back and I, I just started writing and I thought about this. So the speech goes like this. It goes, you know, scenes from last night, from the night uh, we all got here, you know, seeing couples and friendships, it inspired me to write this. Uh, I feel that uh, this is a great opportunity to share a few words about what I've experienced and observed from love between two people. Uh, you know, in this country, my sister also got married in Italy yeah. two years prior. And this Italy was also the same place where my um, my uh, brother-in-law proposed to my younger sister. So, um, and then I say, uh, and now we are all here sharing this amazing moment uh, with them today, the, the wedding. Yeah. So, um, I, I told everyone uh, I thought of an analogy for relationships so i asked everyone to picture to close their eyes and picture yourself on a roller coaster okay once you get on that roller coaster um you imagine sitting in a roller coaster seat and beside you is your significant other or whomever is dear to you and it starts going forward you know uh, at this point you get you got the buckles on you're holding onto the handles and thinking twice about this. You start freaking out. You're nervous, uh, anxious, scared, all of the above. You get on the tracks. 
and you start hearing that loud clicking noise of the track lifting up, uh, lift, lifting up the cart. Click clack, click clack, click clack. You're now in, inclined, but you're still going up. You get higher and higher. You finally reach the top, and you look around, and you're way up there. At this point, you're terrified, and you want off. You're thinking, you're thinking like, get me off of this. Like, ah, get me off. In your mind, you're like, help, help me. Get me off. <laughs> but then you look beside you. I sound like a real bitch in this scene. Yeah. <laughs> Bro, me too, man. <laughs> and you look beside you, and that person beside you is actually feeling the exact same things you're feeling. Scared, nervous, anxious, extremely terrified. You then, for some odd reason, sacrifice your grip to hold on to that person's hand. Then silence. The closer now drops. The both of y'all screaming, top of your lungs. Both of y'all going down and, and you get that rush and that feeling that this is it. I'm going to die. This is, this is over. <laughs> you then all of a sudden get back to the peak of the ride and open your eyes. You can now open your, well, I told everyone you can yeah. now open your eyes. And you look at the person beside you and you both have this look of relief. Yeah. You know? uh, like, holy shit, we alive. We did it. Yeah. We here, boys. Yeah. We did it together. You smile at each other and then maybe chuckle a bit and say some shit like, you crazy. And then he, she says, nah, you crazy. And then you make fun of each other like, you were scared. Nah, 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 you were scared. But really, you pissed your pants and made the excuse that the seat was already moist or some shit like that. It was raining. Yeah, it was raining. And maybe after you admit, y'all both were scared equally. You kiss. For me... Okay, I'll skip that part. That's kind of... Uh, and maybe take... Uh, and then uh, maybe take the seatbelt off and, you know, hop over beside each other and start making out or some shit like that. Cool. Uh, I like the ending. And then, um, you know... It's like, like that's a, a... Hold on. And then what I'm really trying to say is like a roller coaster ride, uh, it's uh, like a roller coaster ride being a pretty short, quick ride, it's like life. You know what I'm saying? Like it's way too short. You know, yeah. uh, and it's all about reaching the end goals together. But to go through all the ups and downs together is something people miss out on. Yeah. And that's what we're talking about, like relationships, you know, after the honeymoon phase and you like said, oh, I love the challenges. Yeah. You love the yeah. work that's put I into think, it. And that's the thing. People forget that journey. Yeah. You know, I think to what it is, is it's just like everybody has is like, they're like, yo, I want to be happy. But like, how do you be happy if you're not sad first? Yeah. And you got to work for it. You know, being happy and love doesn't just come. It's it's through, you know, yeah. a great relationship. It's through hard work, you just like grow. anything. Exactly. So that's the thing I was saying was, you know, you we have to enjoy this ride we call love, you yeah. know, as opposed to just reaching those end goals, yeah. you know. So that's one of the things I wanted to share that night was yeah. to get people to realize that, you know, as much as love is supposed to be happy and go lucky, no, man, there's a lot of downs in it. There's yeah. a lot of shitty things that happen in great relationships. And that's part of what makes it beautiful. Exactly. You got to go through all the ups and downs and realize that. Beauty in the struggle. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, getting through that. Yeah, and, through man, that. like, the journey is amazing when you actually, like, look yeah. back at it. It's yeah, really exactly. crazy. Well, I've never been in a relationship before, so. Hey, man. It's fun. It's, it's a good time. Yeah, you'll, you'll get there. It's a very, it's a very good day. time. Yeah. Trust issues. I got If you really issues. want it, you'll get there. Yeah, exactly. If you want it that bad. <laughs> yeah. Any, anyways, oh, guys. eventually, eventually. Anyways, guys, we're, we're coming down to the end of our time here. All right. Thank you so much for doing this. I really oh, no, appreciate no. this. This was a really good time. This was. Is there anything you'd like to say or leave 
everybody with before you go? Um, do what you love, and that's it, really. Like, I can't really say anything. Everything, everything that you do, you you make, like, you. it's you who decides who to do it or not. So just, yeah. like, be brave enough to do, to do the thing that you want to do, that yeah. you know you want to do, because we all know that you know you want to yeah. do it. For me, what I want to tell everyone is to to dream big, yeah. to hold on to those dreams, and don't ever let fear get in the way. Fear is what you make it. It doesn't exist, and you can always find a way over it, around it, or through it. So, yeah. with that being said, you know, again, the world is yours. It honestly is. All right. Thank you guys <laughs> so much for being this. The world is yours. This is us signing off on the Shooter Shoot Podcast. knows you're the powerhouse who does it right to show your yard who's boss we do it right too with innovative craftsman string trimmers featuring easy start technology for simpler pull starts shop now and add a new trimmer to your arsenal with a craftsman two cycle gas string trimmer for just 129 and for two days only april 19th and 20th all new and existing lowe's credit card holders get 10 percent off purchases made with your lowe's card do it right for less start with lowe's craftsman offer valid through 424 credit offer subject to credit approval and can't be combined with other credit offers exclusions apply see store for details u.s only this is firefighter Raphael Poirier for Firehouse Subs. Introducing new Firehouse Pairs. Pair your favorite small sub with a signature side, like the awesome five cheese mac and cheese. And remember, a portion of every purchase at Firehouse Subs goes towards helping first responders. Firehouse Subs. Enjoy more subs. Save more lives. Participating in locations only, Firehouse Subs will donate a minimum of $1 million in 2019 to the Firehouse Subs Public Safety Foundation by donating 0.11% of every purchase.